International Franchise Association. I'm Jack Munson, along with today's moderator, Hader Martaza. Hader, how are you today? Very good, Jack. Thank you for the invitation. And uh, could you go ahead and introduce your guest? I certainly can. Thank you. Well, folks, today we have a very special guest, a state senator from North Carolina, Chuck Edwards, who actually started off in the franchise space when he was 16 years old. And today he is a McDonald's franchisee and now is running for Congress to come to Washington, D.C. So without further ado, uh, let us welcome our guest. Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for your time. We understand it's a very busy time, not just for your campaign, but just generally with business, with family, and anything that's going on in the next couple months. So, you know, as I mentioned, you clearly had a business mindset when you were young. You started when you were 16 years old working at a McDonald's. Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to go into franchising and chose McDonald's? Well, yeah, thanks. And I appreciate the chance to be with you this afternoon and uh, talk a little bit about my history with franchising and and, and really what it offers uh, Americans in terms of opportunities to be business people that they might not have otherwise. I started behind the counter at McDonald's when I was 16 years old. I came from a family with very meager means, and we never seemed to have enough. Uh, I had friends that were working at McDonald's at the time, and they persuaded me to come to work. They said, hey, it's a great place to work. Uh, You can earn some extra money. I was thinking, uh, also, it's a great uh, way for me to be able to buy my own blue jeans rather than having to take hand-me-downs from person to person. And I liked it. Uh, I liked interacting with the people. I liked the professionalism. And I realized early on that I had a knack for business. Most people don't realize when they're starting out in an entry-level job, such as I did behind the counter, that uh, they're learning about business. But I I, I picked up on it right away. That's fantastic. And, you know, one thing we always say here is that there aren't enough members of Congress who understand franchising. So it always excites us when someone in the franchise community decides to run for Congress. So with that, uh, can you share why you have decided to run for Congress? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think first, though, we need to go back to why I decided to uh, to run for office in the first place. You know, I've served in the North Carolina Senate for the last six years uh, after being a McDonald's franchisee for in the neighborhood of 15 or 16 years. I uh, decided to run for the North Carolina Senate. And the reason for that is just simply that government influences how we are able to provide for our families, for our employees, and for our customers in so many different ways. And I got very frustrated uh, early on as a franchisee and just, just started paying attention. And if you'll allow me to tell you this, this story real quick, I got, I got a fax uh, one day, just a few weeks after I bought my business. And it said, this legislation is pending, and it's bad for business. You need to write your legislator today. You need to call your legislator today and keep this action from happening. Well, I looked at that fax and thought, I do not have time for this. 
Uh, but thank goodness there are people out there looking out for us. I tossed the facts in the trash can. About two weeks later, I got the same facts, and I had the same reaction. I was thinking, I'm, I'm a new business person. I don't have time for this. I've got uh, people to hire, truck orders to make, people to train, uh, all these compliance issues that I have to deal with. I don't have time for this, but thank goodness that there are people out there looking out for us. And so I threw that fax away again. And a couple months later, ultimately, the, uh, the legislation passed, and it was bad for business. And by happen chance, I found myself a couple months later in a room with a legislator, and I asked that legislator, why did you all pass that? Did you not have any idea how much trouble that, that that's going to create for, for business? And the legislator's response to me was, Chuck, we had no idea. We never heard from anybody. And I got really angry at all those other people that knew better and that should have been making those calls and writing those letters. And then it occurred to me, I, even though I was new in business, I had the same responsibility. So I started paying attention. And uh, the reason that I'm running for Congress now is that I recognize that we need business minded people in Congress. We've got enough attorneys. We've got enough retirees. We've got enough career politicians. Uh, we, we need business minded people, people that have had to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, people that understand what it's like to have to meet a payroll, people that have had to sign the front of a check, people that understand the complexities that government imposes on us and how difficult that government tends to make things on businesses that just want to create jobs and opportunities for, for Americans and provide goods and services for Americans. So uh, we need more people like me. That's why, that's why I'm running for Congress. That's great. And that's an interesting story. So as a legislator and business owner, uh, it seems like you know the importance of engaging with elected officials to share perspective on how legislation can impact you and to educate lawmakers on how the business model works. Uh, we have our annual fly-in coming up here in two weeks in Washington. So my question to you is, can you share how influential constituent voices are in shaping policy decisions? I, I, I can do that in one word, invaluable. Uh, and, and I say that with all sincerity because once I started paying attention as a businessman and, and going to Raleigh, visiting with our legislators, and going to Washington, D.C., and, and uh, visiting with uh, House members and Senate members, about pending legislation and what that meant to business, I had some really enlightening looks from folks. I would see occasionally uh, a, a member of Congress and their staff glance at one another in bewilderment as if they were saying to one another, really, we did that? We, our, our bill put that? imposition on, on business. And uh, I recognized that whether the person that I was talking to or not agreed with the position that I had, 
on any particular issue. If they understood business, then our conversation started at a much higher level and it ended at a much higher level. And I recognized a real sense of appreciation from those folks to hear from business people on how legislation affects businesses. They always hear from the the other side. I mean, always. There are advocates out there trying to impose additional regulation on business, always. But uh, I sensed that legislators, both in Raleigh and in Washington, D.C., really appreciated hearing from people that are actually responsible for, for meeting payrolls. As a North Carolina senator for the last six years, uh, I gave a really high priority to anybody that operated a business that wanted to come and visit with me. A lot of folks would send a lobbyist, and that, that's one thing. But if a business person took the time to come and visit, I, I placed a high priority and a high value on what they had to say because nobody knows uh, the shoes that they walk in better than somebody that has to meet a payroll. That's great. I mean, the value of advocacy cannot be overstated. You know, oftentimes we, when we find ourselves talking to legislators, there's a lot of misconceptions about what exactly a franchise is, whether that's, you know, whether it's things like, is it more than quick service restaurants or basically how the franchise model operates? Um, what's the biggest misconception you've seen from policymakers about franchising, either in your campaign now or during your time in the state legislature? And so one of the biggest misconceptions by legislators and the general public is they don't they don't recognize that we are all every franchisee is a small business that is responsible for creating jobs making a payroll paying taxes right there in a local community most of those folks legislators and constituents look at us as part of some mega corporation in my own situation folks look at my business and they see a glowing yellow arch out front and they automatically believe that I am part of the billions of dollars of wealth on on uh, Wall Street and that's that's just not true I get to pay for the right to use that yellow arch and hopefully at the end of the month there'll be something left for me and most, most folks don't realize that, that relationship. They look at us as the ultra-elite, ultra-rich, and uh, don't recognize that we are leveraged to the hilt in, in, in order to have the privilege to operate a business in a local community. No, and that's a great point. We did a recent study that showed that out of the multi-unit franchisees, 80% of them have less than five locations. So essentially, these are small business owners um, that a lot of times get uh, coupled with, you know, the side that the corporate face of it all. Um, so we talked about advocacy and the importance of it. What can local franchise owners do to help educate and help understanding with their local, state, or federal officials? Well, I mean, if you don't mind me saying, uh, they need to elect people like me. <laughs> uh, I, I would I would love to go to Congress and and, and represent small business owners uh, 
not not only in my district, but across the state and across America. I also invite them to participate in their local trade associations or in their business trade associations. Uh, Most folks don't, most business people just do not have time to, to be involved in policymaking and uh, to talk to legislators about the impact that policy has on their business. I'm in a unique position that my wife can run our business so that I can be an advocate. But almost every organization out there has some sort of association or advocacy. And I urge them to, to, to be involved, to contribute a few dollars, to go to the meetings where you can, to stay in touch with the communications. Uh, because ultimately, you, you would be hiring somebody to advocate for you. When, when you can't go to Washington, D.C. yourself or when you can't call your legislator in, in your own state house yourself. That's excellent. So now I'm just going to go back to our initial conversation. You shared that your first job was at the local McDonald's. And here you are years later now owning your own locations. Now in franchising, there seems to be a relatively common trajectory to go from entry-level employee to hopefully something bigger, whether it's ownership or whether it's in management roles or corporate responsibility. Can you talk about the benefits of working in your franchise system before owning? Oh my goodness gracious, it was was invaluable as well. Probably the biggest thing is I got to learn how to make mistakes on somebody else's dime. Uh, and I and I made plenty of, of, of mistakes uh, in in running restaurants and supervising restaurants. I uh, I made I made mistakes. I mean, I got more things right, but the risk was not mine. <laughs> uh, I, I got to work. I got to work for somebody else and uh, and make mistakes at at their expense. And working my way through the system, I got I got. I had the ability to learn so many other elements of business in uh, franchising itself in human relations in business consulting and finance and in, in uh, development in real estate selection. And uh, that experience, that experience has just, just, just been invaluable and in watching other people around me. I mean, I, I have got a whole repertoire of uh, things I've learned from folks that I really admired. And I learned a lot of things from folks that I had little respect for that made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I've got a column in my brain that says, here's some things I will never do. Uh, so I, I, I had an opportunity to, to learn from every single one of those individuals. Right. That's great. It seems like you had that competitive advantage as a worker uh, starting off all those years ago. And now, of course, you see you, you have your own locations. It's fantastic. It's the kind of stories that we like to highlight. And now here you are running for Congress. Um, one thing that is top of mind for all of us at IFA right now is this uh, FAST Act in California. Uh, it's, it's a bill that's uh, essentially one of the worst bills for franchising and could crush small business owners. Essentially, what it does is it, it establishes a 10-person fast food council that is unelected 
to oversee labor standards and set wages um, for workers. Um, basically, it's discriminatory in, in essence and targets franchise businesses, uh, particularly counter service restaurants. But today is counter service. Tomorrow it's something else, right? So this bill passed Monday of this week, and it's awaiting the governor's signature. So I'd like to get your perspective, especially as a state senator, about how other states can avoid this type of measure that will be coming their way. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but uh, I need I need to drop back to something that we said just a few minutes ago, and and that is being be an advocate. Uh, get to know your legislators where you can and help them understand that you really are a small business person, not a huge conglomerate. And where you can't do that, uh, be a member, an, an active member of your trade associations uh, because that's, that's exactly their job to make, to make sure that policymakers are aware of the consequences of passing such a legislation in addition to how realistic that those things are. We, we know as business people, we, we know it's unrealistic, totally unrealistic. What's, what's being asked of small businesses through that action in, in, in California, but there's obviously a huge misconception by those policymakers. No, and that's great. And, you know, we talked about the importance of advocacy and there it is again, right? So I know we're short on time here, so we'll love to get you out of here soon, but want to hit you with one last question. Of course, it's been a big year for small business, for better or worse. Uh, of course, with the impact of inflation, supply chain disruptions, and now a lot of work sh- workforce shortage issues going on, a lot of economic challenges, to say the least, for business owners. In your opinion, what are the top priorities for improving the business landscape for franchisees in the coming months and years? You mean from Congress? From Congress or, you know, given your your state uh, legislation experience, anything that would improve the landscape for businesses, whether franchise or not? First of all, I think we have to put an end to the needless spending of uh, federal and state governments. What we see right now with inflation was self-inflicted. It was it, it was brought on by bad policy, and that bad policy, quite frankly, was the federal government dumping $6 trillion of stimulus, quote, stimulus money, end quote, on an economy that was already growing at 6%. It was a red-hot economy anyway, and they, and they dumped $6 trillion on top of it. That was that was just bad policy. We we have got to stop that level of spending. Uh, we've got to return to in seeking America's energy independence. The two main factors in driving inflation right now are the cost of labor and the cost of oil. Almost the price. The price of almost everything that we see inflated right now comes down to the to those two things. Manufacturers are having to pay exorbitant amounts of money for labor, and we all know what we're paying at the gas pump. So we 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 can change those things through through policy. 
it certainly is a challenging environment and um, we certainly look forward to having you in Washington and work on some franchise-friendly policies. Uh, so with that, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. And hopefully next time we talk, you're here in Washington with us as Congressman Chuck Edwards. Thank you. I appreciate the chance to be with you this afternoon, and, uh, and I'm eager to, uh, to be called Congressman Chuck, Chuck Edwards. Thank you for your Perfect. time. Thank you very much, Mr. Edwards, and thank you, Hader, and thanks to everyone out there for listening to Franchise Voice from the International Franchise Association. Thank you.